Hey Amazon selling enthusiast, it's Eric here, and if you're tired of the inventory management struggle, I've got a game changer for you. InventoryLab.com. InventoryLab simplifies e-commerce inventory management, integrates seamlessly with Amazon, and even syncs effortlessly with QuickBooks for hassle-free accounting. Go to Milwaukee Mafia slash IL now because your success deserves efficient inventory management. Happy selling. You're listening to Milwaukee Mafia, your podcast dose of Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Milwaukee Mafia. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And Gavin, feels like we it's been a while since we did this, but it probably hasn't, huh? It might have been a little bit. But what do you got for us today? Well, I'll tell you what. I got uh, the first of uh, what's going to basically be a two-parter, so... Uh, how about that? Okay. And as you can see, I've got 50 pages here with me, so so everybody, wow, I, everybody strap in. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> everybody strap in. i got 50 pages here. Uh, no, I'm actually not even going to use my notes. Yeah, Gavin Gavin decided that we, he was going to just see if, if he could run a podcast longer than the hard drive on my computer. Yeah. So No, I, I'm not going to do that. So um, <laughs> actually where we're at today on our timeline is we're up to December 1959. And this coincides with the book that I'm finishing up right now. As as of this recording, I have my next book due in a month. So uh, finishing that up, this is a story from the upcoming book. For some reason, I was thinking the upcoming book didn't really have mafia connections. I must be wrong on that. You are wrong. Oh sir. yeah, that's right. the The current book is the uh, prostitution yes. story, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's right. So all, all right. right, yeah. So today's the first half of the story. Today's story, not strong mafia stuff, but it'll be more obvious why it's part of the story. Maybe next time. But either way. So this is the story of uh, Chris Caligaro or Christina Caligaro, and somebody somebody can email me and tell me I'm saying her last name wrong because maybe I am I don't know but but I'm going to say it Caligaro is is this person a stripper that was from like Hurley or something and then moved down to or am I in the complete wrong story You're totally on on track here Okay <laughs> You're totally on track This person is a stripper. They did dance in Hurley. So, but I mean, every stripper's danced in Hurley, yes. right? Every Wisconsin stripper. <laughs> yeah, but that's, you You are not wrong. So yeah, so she uh, grew up around Peoria, Illinois, and had a very rough childhood. I mean, uh, I won't even say on here how rough it was. You can wait for the book, because it's, it's bad. And uh, she was in and out of like mental health care throughout her childhood and already at 14 years old she married her first husband wow yeah and uh and what where what year are we in uh well so this would have been i think i think the marriage would have been like 1951 somewhere like that and which probably still crazy young to be marrying somebody but oh totally but, it but totally I mean, is but i mean it's being that it's the 50s people were getting married earlier right at that point in time so it's not probably right and i haven't personally verified this but i've had somebody tell me that at that point in time you'd still need a parent to sign off on it like you couldn't just get married at 14 so there was some standards but i don't know why a parent would sign off on that either but whatever 
So she marries this guy. They have a few kids. He, I don't know if he's that bad of a guy, but his friends are some bad people. Like they're all in in gangs and they're burglarizing houses and and robbing liquor stores and and this and getting in fights, doing all the all the middle aged white gang member <laughs> stuff you would do in the fifties. Because picture picture the nineteen fifty nineteen fifties gang is like the movie Grease. <laughs> you know, it's like that. So different kind of thing. So she's in that. They ended up um, getting divorced. She marries a second guy who is a pimp, and not the best choice. And not the best choice. So already, by the time she's old enough to be a dancer, she's traveling around Illinois and Wisconsin dancing, and after hours doing things that are not dancing, uh, or at least not that kind of kind dancing. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. So she's with that guy for a while and then gets divorced. Then one day she's dancing in Hurley, Wisconsin. So you called that. <laughs> and she meets a guy named Floyd Caligaro. So she ends up uh, meeting him and he is alleged to be a pimp. Okay. <laughs> wow. She's She's got a taste though. A yeah. clear taste. Yeah. <laughs> so they end up getting married after a while. They 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 tell people they're married early on um, for a reason that I think is kind of strange. Like, she didn't want her parents to disapprove of them living together, so she told them that they got married. Um, which, you know, I get that, but, like, but, she's on her third husband, so, like, I don't think they're that concerned <laughs> at this point. But whatever. That's and, what she says. And she is a stripper and a hooker. Well, I don't, I don't know if they know the hooker the part. part but, yeah. but, I mean... They're de- they definitely know she's she's a stripper, though. And I would assume, like you said, she had a really rough childhood. I would assume that her parents were not top shelf people. Yeah. So her her birth parents divorced when she was young, and her stepfather was just a terrible person. Again, I'm not going to get into it because it's not good, but not not a great person. And I'm not sure where the mother was. I mean, the mother was there in the house, but I don't know if she. You know, was trying to protect her daughter from the stepfather, or if she was one of these parents who was just like, whatever. I don't know. So, but whatever the case is, yeah, not not a great growing up period. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so she's got three young children. She's on her third husband, who may or may not be a pimp. She's friends with all these questionable characters because of her first husband. She's still friends with a lot of these people, and so. She gets a job. The The guy who books her is a guy named Charlie Fox. He's a talent agent. And I would love to know more about Charlie Fox because as far as I can tell, he books dancers in nightclubs and then he gets a percentage of their wages for booking them. There's no evidence that I'm able to find that he's, you know, a questionable guy. But I also find it very hard to believe that he doesn't know what some of these dancers are doing. I could be wrong, but I get that impression. So he books her at the Brass Rail in Milwaukee. And the Brass Rail is kind of, it's not quite a mob place, but it's its shady. It's got some shady connections. Um, it's run by a guy named Izzy. And Izzy previously ran the Brass Rail as a jazz club. But then Somewhere along the way, he realizes that it's more profitable to have dancers. So they would they would phase it out. First, it would be just jazz club. Then it would be jazz music with strippers. 
and then eventually just strippers. Didn't we do an episode about this? We may have we may have talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I think so because this sounds strange. Well, maybe we covered this when because didn't we do something with just kind of a preview to your book at one point? In time? We did, we uh, did. So that maybe that. So she's dancing there. Um, she also for for a while dances at the Melody Room in Milwaukee, which is owned by Frank Balistrieri, the Milwaukee mob boss. Yep. So, oh, well, she's not quite the mob boss yet at this point, but he's a top mob guy. So she's in these places. She also, while dancing at these places, ends up having an affair with another bar owner in town. And this is really hard for me to tell exactly from from like the police files, because she talks about it as like an affair. But every time she meets this guy, he's paying her. And they're doing things. So, like, I don't know if this was, like, they're actually dating or if he just had, like, a long-term, sure. like, this is this is going to be the hooker that I go to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then, apparently, she kept raising her rates on him and eventually said, I'm done with you, but you got to pay me this much money or I'll tell your wife. <laughs> um, so, so he paid because, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> and so uh that's fun uh his name was bill kodrick by the way so if anybody wants to know bill kodrick was cheating on his wife with a hooker <laughs> uh he's dead now so i can say that um is his wife though oh i don't know probably <laughs> i mean this is the 50s she's yeah. probably yeah <laughs> so this is all going on she's her contract is running out in milwaukee so she needs to get another contract so she gets a contract back in peoria where she's from and she gets a contract there uh, to work for a guy named Jimmy Shepard. And Jimmy Shepard is a former boxer. He's got a long criminal record. He also used to be a pimp. There's pimps everywhere. <laughs> and so, you know, he's a shady guy running a, a nightclub with strippers. And she goes to her job there. And when she shows up, he recognizes her. And he's pissed because she had worked for him in the past under a different name because I don't know if people know this but strippers don't use their, their real, real names <laughs> so she was using a different name and then he sees her he's like wait a second I fired you <laughs> um just for clarification you may have said this but okay. is he, is she still married to mm-hmm. wife or husband number 3 She's married to husband number 3 okay yes. who might be a pimp who might be a pimp he's okay. alleged to be a pimp because he brings girls between Hurley and Milwaukee and Peoria. He, dry, he gives girls rides, which may not mean anything, but they suspected that he was bringing them around for, you know, you know. <laughs> so, all right. So she, the guy's like, okay, you can't work here. I, you're terrible. Um, and then her friend, who's also working that night, her name is Peaches. And Peaches is like, well, if you're kicking her out, I'm leaving too. So they leave and she calls... Uh, Christina calls her husband, husband number three, who's back up in Hurley. Okay. He, he he brought her down to Peoria and then he went back up to Hurley because that's where he's from originally. That's where his family is. And she calls him. She's like, didn't work out. You got to come back and get me. And he's like, uh, I don't got enough money right now. <laughs> that's a long drive. Uh, I can't. I'll see what I can do. It might be a few days. She's like, okay. So but he ends up, he finds a way to get down to where he ends up selling like a shotgun and some other stuff to to raise enough money for the gas. So he ends up working his way down. That night, she's had a bad day. 
So her and Peaches and some other people go bar hopping. And I don't know what Peoria is like in the 1950s, but they start bar hopping at 9 o'clock, and they continue bar hopping until 4 in the morning. Uh, so apparently, like, closing time is a different situation <laughs> yeah. there. So yeah, so they're they're going. And then at 4 in the morning, after all this bar hopping, she meets a guy at the at the final place, well, at least her final place, and she leaves with him. And everybody there that she's with assumes, like, oh, she's going to go with him for, like, 15 minutes, and she'll be back. Again, I'm not saying what, but <laughs> you know, you know. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't come back. And they continue bar hopping until breakfast time, and they go up for breakfast, and they expect her to come back. And she doesn't come back. And about, like, the when the sun's coming up, her husband makes it down to Peoria. It takes him all night to get from Hurley to Peoria. Uh, for people who don't know, like, Hurley is on the upper Michigan border, and Peoria is, like, central Illinois. No. So it's a heck of a drive. Right, yeah. <laughs> but he's going all night long, and he gets down there. He finds her car parked in the bar. Um, she's not there. He's asking around. People are like, oh, yeah, she was here earlier. And he's like, okay. So he's trying to find where she went. Eventually, he he goes around to enough bars, and he goes and he finds Jimmy Shepard, the guy who fired her earlier, well, the night before. And Jimmy's like, you're her husband? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, hold on. I think there's somebody looking for you. So he calls. So Jimmy calls up, and then a few minutes later, the police arrive. And it turns out that about an hour earlier, her body was found on the side of the road outside of the city limits. And, you know, they don't know who did it. So they're like, it's probably the husband. Because, you know, it's always the, the husband. husband. Yeah, even yeah. though he's, he's, what, almost one and a half full states away when this probably right. happened. Right. <laughs> so they come in and they and they question him. And, uh, and actually, the... It seems like it's pretty quick that they're convinced that he has he can cover where he is because, you know, he had to stop for gas and things like that. So they, they knew kind of where he was at different points. And they go around and they ask everybody. And everybody's kind of in agreement about what went on that night and who the guy she left with was. Except nobody knew the guy she left with. They could describe him, but nobody knew who he was. So it kicked off this big, long investigation of who is this guy she left with? Whether he's the killer or not, he's the last one we know who no, saw her. Yeah, I mean, a good lead. Yeah, at at, at a bare minimum. Yeah. So. so, so that's where this mystery takes off. She's outside of the city limits. She's dead on the side of the road. She's been shot, and they don't know who did it. Okay. That's that's my whole rundown. So, if you want to jump in at this point, well, the first question I want to have, and you probably don't know the answer to this, and it's okay. kind of off subject. Sure. But uh, I'm just. I'm I'm just curious. Do you know? Is there some sort of like thing with Peoria? Because why is there a man that runs girls from Hurley and you said to Milwaukee and to Peoria? Mm -hmm. Like like I don't know. It's like Peoria, like a like a factory of strippers or something. Or is there is there something significant about Peoria? Like if I go there, is there just a ton of strip clubs or something that would? Or there, there was in the fifties. There was. Yeah, I it, mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about Illinois in the fifties to know if it was like unusual. But there was definitely there were a lot of strip clubs, and and like and that's that was what surprised me 
is they would be called nightclubs, but then like in the in the newspaper they would say that they have striptease shows. And I actually was surprised they used that term. I was like in the fifties calling it a striptease show because like maybe this is me being ignorant, but I'm like thinking, you know, like strip clubs in the fifties. That's not a thing. I mean, it, obviously it was. But, like, I don't think of that as, like, a thing. I don't think of, like, my grandfather going to strip clubs. Mm-hmm. But there was that. And even, like, the ads in the newspapers, it's exactly, like, the stereotype. It says, like, girls, girls, girls. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, there seemed like there was a whole lot of nightclubs with strip club acts there. Or not strip club, you know, whatever. With stripping acts there. And then also in East St. Louis. It seemed like those were, like, the two big areas for that sort of thing i i I would love to there there has to be a reason why and i would love to know that yeah i don't know you know because like take it to hurley like if for anybody that has not been to hurley which i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that hasn't you go down hurley as a town of almost nobody yeah but you go downtown and there's like what a street of like seven strip clubs in a row basically yeah i guess i i have not been to hurley in a long time oh well i've been there not Really recently, but recently enough. Oh, and, yeah? And, been hanging yeah. on her earlier. Yeah, I went, I, I went to the strip clubs, too. Oh, but, okay. But, but it wasn't during the right season, so they weren't all open. Oh, it wasn't hunting season. It, it wasn't It wasn't snowmobiling season. Oh, snowmobiling that, season. That's where they... I see. That's where it really takes off. But, but there, you know, you see that in Hurley, and you're like, why would there be this many strip clubs? But then yeah. you find out, huge for snowmobiling. Apparently, the city on the other side of the border in Iron Mountain, or mm-hmm. in Ironwood, or in, yeah, Ironwood yeah. in Upper Michigan, they do not allow strip clubs at all. So that okay. brings people across and things like that. So there's a lot of reasons for it to be there. And I was just wondering if Peoria had some other story. I don't know. Too. I don't know. But like the Hurley thing is amazing. Like so in the in the forthcoming book, I I spend a lot of time talking about Hurley mm-hmm. and. Um, like they have this reputation and they've had this reputation like in the 1800s they had this reputation because originally it was like a mining town hundreds if not thousands of miners moved there and you know they don't come with their families so then all these places spring up and i I don't even know if they even disguised themselves at strip clubs i think they were pretty open about what they were and it just continued on, like year after year, year after year. year. I mean, when the mining dried up, then there was other reasons. Like Hurley's always had that, yeah. And it's so weird, but yeah, a big part of that why there, even originally, was because of Ironwood. Like, because they're both they're both mining towns, but Ironwood back in those days uh, had I don't know about their strip club laws, but they had really strict drinking laws. So, so all the bars were on the other side of the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, literally, if I remember it right, where everything is in Hurley, it's like the road that crosses it to is. Ironwood. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a bridge that connects the two, and on both sides of the bridge, it's called Silver Street. Yep. And and yeah, traditionally, like the first two or three blocks in Hurley and Silver Street, I don't know about strip clubs, but at least all bars, every yep. single. I mean. There's more bars than people in this town. <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> so a little history on, on Hurley. Yeah. So if 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 you're into that kind of thing, cruise on up there. It's it's oh, perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and they're not shy about it either. Like they know. Yeah. You know, like some cities like they they don't like to be proud of some of that stuff. 
Hurley doesn't care. They know. No. They know. And and why shouldn't they? I mean, yeah. they have no reason to have that, and yet they've made it successful. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a feat in my eyes. Yeah. So, um, can you kind of give us a preview of where this story is going to go now? Sure. So for, like, the second part? Yeah, know? for the second part. Okay, so for the second part, uh, I don't know how much I want to give away, but somebody else who I mentioned in this part is going to be murdered less than a month after she was murdered. So there's a second person who I already mentioned. And it's going to be the husband. Is it going to be the husband? I don't know, but that's my prediction. It could be the husband, I won't say. (laughs) But I will say the second part happens in Milwaukee. So it comes back with a stronger Milwaukee connection next time. Cool. Well... I guess we're just going to have to wait for part two to find out more. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of questions for this story. This story was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. This one, I mean, there's like, there's no way that, that whoever the killer was, and we still to this day don't know, but like, it was not a mob murder. It was, I mean, I'll be very upfront about that. It was not a mob murder, <laughs> but it's still an important part of it just because of how closely it ties to the second part. Yeah, and I'm afraid to ask many questions because I don't want to give anything up. I don't want to steer it to a place where you have to give up stuff for the next episode. So I think we'll just wrap this one up and we'll keep it for part two. Yeah. And we can hit you Well, this whole thing was just an appetizer then. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was a quick one. Yeah. And we... As it always. goes faster when I don't have any notes. <laughs> I mean, I do. I had. I actually do have my notes here, but I don't need them because I've been actively working on it so much lately. And I should say that you do actually literally have fifty pages. Yeah, so I is do. that like direct? Actually, taken from your book? Yeah, I have. Like, I, it, yeah, for everybody who can see here with our no camera podcast, <laughs> I have a pile of pages that I'm editing out of out of the book right now with me. So yeah, I actually have part of the book sitting in front of me cool all right well hang tight everybody and we'll be back in two weeks with part two um just as a friendly reminder if you want an episode next week we do have a patreon go to milwaukeemafia.com find that patreon link click on it and subscribe you get an extra episode every week and they're pretty fun because it's more or less of us yeah. me and gavin doing pretty much just whatever we want yeah for it's, the most they're part. they're pretty fun they Sometimes they're about Milwaukee. Sometimes they're about mafia. Sometimes they're very loosely connected. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you never know what's going to happen on that, and it, and it's more laid back. So if you if you like just hearing us chat about random crap, I mean it's it's a good time. Yeah. So definitely check that out, and we will be back in two weeks with part two of this story. Thanks for tuning in. Right, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Join us next time for another look back at Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history.